repairs and servicing that make it look like you've bought a new lawnmower, contact Blades Mowers. www.bladesmowers.co.uk The Beehive by Simon Adapetan and illustrated by Tony Adapetan. Chapter 1. Meet the Family My name is Daniel Chambers, but you can call me Danny, because that's what my friends call me. To my teachers and parents, well, I'm known as Daniel Jeremiah Chambers, especially when I'm in trouble. This is a book, is it? Yeah, that's the book. Now, you see, when I saw this, because I did see it online a lot last night, mm. and initially, when I see something that says children's author, mm. I assume it's going to be 10, 15 pages. But then oh, I saw okay. it on yeah, sale on Amazon, yeah. and I thought, what was it, 137 pages? 179 pages, 30,000 words. 30,000? Yes, so it's a, kind of like a novella. How do you get the time? <laughs> <laughs> when you, it's just like yourself, if you do something you've got passion for, then you will find the time. I mean, I've got three kids and I, I work full time as a manager. I don't work Mondays and Sundays, so I tend to do most of my writing on Mondays or in the evenings when the kids right. are asleep. So You work in Manchester, I think, Yes, don't you? yeah, I work for a company called Circle. First things first, though, mm. I can't pronounce your surname. How Addie you... Petten, just as it's... Addie Petten, it's, it's four syllables. Addie and then Petten. Right, Addy Patton. Yeah. You did a couple of YouTube videos and looked at those last night. Oh, yeah, I did too. And on one of those, you said your surname. Yeah. But you said it quieter. And I thought, oh, I couldn't quite. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite tell what your surname is. Right. So, apart from being mm. a full-time sales manager in mm. Manchester, yeah. you don't live in Manchester, do you? No, I live in Warrington. Right. I've lived in Warrington since 99, so... And you don't work Sundays and you don't work Mondays? Don't work Sundays, don't work Mondays. Is that every week? They give you Monday off? Oh, because you'll yeah. work Saturday, I guess. All those 48 hours that you get off <laughs> every <laughs> yeah. week, you've managed to write a whole novel. Yes, yeah. Now, even though it's called... Well, is it called children's fiction? Does it fall under that category? It falls under that category, yes. Um, but what age group are you talking? Seven to... I can touch on, on, on 13. I mean, uh -huh. I, I kind of wanted to close it at 12, but I know a lot of 13. I mean, my daughter, she did the illustration. She's just turned 13. She was 11 and a half when she did the illustration, 11 and a half gone 12. So I, I understand that some of the 13-year-olds will still will still enjoy it for the oh. way I've written it. Well, so, I mean, I don't can I keep a copy it. of it? Because I'd like to... Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. You, you can keep, it's got Donna's name on it, but don't worry. No, no, no. You can be there. I, okay. I, I, can I can let you have that. it back. It's just that I've got two daughters. One's 12 and one's 14. Okay. So I'm going to try it out on them. Yeah, yeah. So I think my 14-year-old, yeah, yeah. she about? just wouldn't stop reading for mm. the end of the world. She mm. just reads and reads and reads. Mm. The other daughter, she doesn't read that much. She likes stories. She likes being read to. But she doesn't like reading herself. So I'm just wondering what sort of age group, well, in, in particular, though, my two daughters, whether they'll like. I'm 12 years old, almost anyway, and live with my mum, dad, and two goldfish in a massive house. My wife's father actually has a bee farm. Ah, interesting. So that might be a way in for them both. Well, when they read it, they'll kind of tell you exactly how they got on. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns to it. There's a lot of sim. Well, I get, get them to read it, and then you, they'll tell you what. Right. So, yeah. Um, but it is being sold in Thorn Thorn Bookshop, and they deal with with beehive equipment. You know, right. so it is being sold there. What got you started with doing it? I used to go to a writers group, mm. and everybody in the in the writers group, they all 
say, yeah, I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to, you know, mm. they all say they're going to do it. Same as I said, oh yeah, I'm going to. Mm. But we never do. So what is it that actually made you do it? It's interesting, you know, right from when I was a kid, I've always loved to write. And, and I remember in school, I mean, I grew up in an age where then you would write and then you kind of put like little boxes of drawings next to it. Right. Um, so I've always loved to draw, like, as you can see, I created yeah. a logo myself yeah. and my daughter kind of, she's following that same theme as well. She loves to draw, she loves to write. I mean, I guess I love to draw, have a passion for writing. Yeah. She loves to write and she has a passion for drawing, so it right. kind of... I think it's brilliant. Yeah, but I, I've always loved to write, you know, since I was a kid, I've always loved to write and I always hoped that I would one day write my own book. And so from um, junior school to secondary school, the passion just continued and then I, I studied English in university. Right. Was that in Manchester? No, well, I, I studied my first degree abroad. Right. I went abroad and studied that, so I met my wife and then I came back, I did another postgraduate degree in theatre studies. So oh, I was right. okay. studying for my first degree. I graduated as the most creative writer and then I won up quite a few accolades in uni and so when I came out I just thought everyone seems to see something with my writing I mean sometimes when you write you don't really see what people see you know sometimes I can write and I just think oh, what do you think about this and I go oh it's amazing because they, they can't write so they just see and think yeah that's great yeah, but yeah. as a writer you're probably thinking I've not got there I've not got there I've not got there you so know, whilst so. you are writing it mm. you must be full of self-doubt very rarely. I mean, I've just started writing another book. I've started actually writing another seven, and I've got wow. to about 10,000 words. On the, the, I'm doing a series, and then I started thinking of an idea, and then I've just put that to the side because I know what I'm going to write and how it's going to end, and so I've started writing another one, and I've got to about 5,000, and I reckon by next month I'll finish it. You're joking. Yeah, this took me three months, but I reckon the one I'm writing now, <laughs> I can write it in a month because I know... Once you know, for me, once I know what I need to write, I can write it, you know, so I'll just, I mean, I've already started I, drafting it. I, I don't know how you can do it because I've been writing the first five chapters of, of a novel for over two years. <laughs> two years? That's about as far as I've got. We have a big garden, the family's pride and joy, that's surrounded by a long and gigantic fence. It's great for barbecues, but we live in England which makes any kind of good weather a luxury for us. This doesn't happen often, so when it does, we take full advantage of it. You should see us in action. Garden well-groomed, deck chairs out, neighbours round, paddling pool out. We even make room for a certain someone's ancient surfing board, surfing in the garden. OK, so that's going a little over the top, and I understand that, but I mean, do you blame us? You get the picture, right? The thing about writing, Mark, is that once you know what you need to write, you know, and then you draft it in, then everything else is, well, for me, everything else is just... Does it fall into oh, place? Yeah. I just need a theme. Like I've, when I was, I've been going to schools, you're probably not, I've been going into schools now, and I, I, yeah, I just, just realised, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I need to give something back. So I must have spoken to over a thousand kids over five schools. How do you sort that out? Do you just approach the school or does the school I contacted you? every school in Warrington, 87 schools. Right. 67 schools, right. yeah. 87 schools in Warrington, 67 schools I went in there myself and presented a letter to the head school head teacher. The other 20 schools was kind of logistically difficult. Because what I did initially is I just went around Warrington and every time I stopped at a school, I would just drop a letter off. Yeah. So I'd already pre-typed the letters, created my logo, which is why I created that, and then put my own letterhead of paper, make it really yeah. official. And I guess when you have a passion for something, you want to really stand out. If not, the way you, I feel as a writer is if you write and you're serious about what you write and people see it, they get as serious as, as yeah. you, oh, you know, yeah. they, 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 yeah. they believe in you, they believe yeah. it, it becomes believable. So I contacted 87 schools in Warrington, told them what my passion was about and told them that I, I'm going to come into schools. I don't charge them. So I'll come into schools, I'll introduce them to my book and then I'll also do a creative writing workshop for the kids as well. I do charge 600 to £800. Mm -hmm. But the way I see it, Mark, is that 
A, I'm a first time writer. Yeah. So if I, if I was a parent going into a bookshop and wanted to buy a book and the book, I mean, this is 6.99 retail price, but then I saw a, a book from an established writer, i.e. David Walliams, whose most recent book, The World's Worst Children, yeah. is retailing for 7.99 book. It's now on, on sale for half price. Which book will I pick up and buy? That, that's the thing. And then his is hardback as well. Yeah. So I look at it and think, well, I don't even know who this person is. I'm not even going to give it a second glance. So for me, the way I see it is I've got to go out there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard work, but I've, I've, I've got to go out there yeah. and I think it's working. Well, it's the same with any line of work, here. isn't it? If you are passionate about something, nobody's going to give you a free ride at first. No, they've got to know who you are yeah. first. Yeah. And then, so you, you lay down the legacy and then um, people will think, oh, yeah, yeah. So Well, that works in the same with music as well in the music industry. In the past, you'd sell your CDs, but now you just have to go around. You have to give your music away. Yeah. You can't charge for music much these as a new band anymore. Yeah. You You've just have to give it away for free, mm. hopefully build up a following, and then you make money on gigging. Yeah. So the, the way everything's changed. So in a sense that, I don't know who your publisher is. Who's your publisher? Um, Austin McCauley. They're based in London. Right. So they will pick up on you, I bet, in a different way than they would have picked up on writers, say, 20, 30 years ago. How did they find out about you? They didn't. I found out about them. Right. And I guess as a first-time writer, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Until, obviously, your first book and people, if people receive it really well and other publishers, then I think it becomes easy for me to then say, right, let me try some other publishers and see what their, yeah. what their take is on the situation. But I yeah. guess for, for me, the, the publishers now, they take a, they're taking a punt on me. I'm taking a punt on the publishers because they're yeah. the small publishers, yeah. they're not yeah. the biggest. And then they'll probably say, let's see how he gets on. And I, yeah, I will say the same thing. Let me see how, how they yeah. Yeah. take up my... So they my, are my actively book. promoting... They're promoting it, but I understand as well that... You've got to do... I've got to do... Yeah. Um, I've done a lot, and I think it's fair to say I've done a lot. I mean, I've already been, I've been on Bolton FM myself. I've been on Wire FM myself. But I'm going back on Wire FM. Um, I'm going on um, Radio Warrington. I've got an, an interview with Radio Warrington today. Mm. I did that myself. Mm. Uh, my sister, she's a freelance journalist in Germany. She's promoting in Germany. The book's now available in 10 countries. That was the publishers that did that, including America, Canada. Um, I've been going into schools myself. They've been going around na on a national level. The, the, sent the book to America, like I said before, New York, they've, they've opened it up there. And, and they've got the books available in Because um, you've only had it released for about a couple yeah. of months, isn't it? Yeah, it's not up to two months, 31st of May. Right. 31st of May book. Prior to that, Matt, what I did was, I already knew that, you know, ahead of what is likely to happen. You know, I've been doing a lot of research. So what I did is I've been, I've already been contacting schools before the book was released, telling the schools, this is my plan. So I'd already started to get schools saying, yeah, come on in, come on in, come on in. And as soon as they started to see me in the papers and all that, other schools started to say, oh, we want you to come in, we want you to come in. I said, well, I, I did send you a letter, but it's fine, I'll come in. And so I've been going into schools and I've been... So to, even before publication, you'd got a plan? Yeah, I already started contacting schools. Started, mm. I already started contacting radio stations, book reviewers, saying I've got a book coming out. So I just kind of get get it out there. So when a book comes out, I can then send it to them. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, we remember him. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your book? What's the name of your book? You know, I spoke to... Bolton Library Services, I've spoken to the libraries, I've been to, all, you know, all these fun days. Mm. I went to the Orford fun day, I went to the Birchwood fun day, I went to the Great Sankey fun day. And I just went there to meet people. I just had a gazebo, sat there with a couple of the books on the table. People came over, oh, we remember you, we heard you on the radio. And so, mm. so you kind of, you're just meeting people and they have an opportunity to buy the book, but then most importantly to get it signed. Yeah, you know, so that's what people want. That's what people My want. My daughter travels around all over the place just to get Talking about picture, I painted a really warm typical summer's day in our house, but I guess you're wondering why I never mentioned that word we kids love to hear. 
fun. Well, to be honest, there isn't much of that around here these days. Never was. Never has been. And there's a simple reason for it. P-A-R-E-N-T-S. That's important, you know, so... Have you thought, and I bet you have, have you thought of doing an audiobook as well? Because you can run that in parallel. Yeah, I've not thought about that. I know that the book's on hardback, paperback, and also on... Um, Kindle. On Kindle. And then you sell them on Amazon. You know, you're getting double sales. Plus, probably more importantly at the moment, it's not the revenue as such, but it's exposure. Yeah, it's yeah. A diff- it's a different point. line of exposing yeah. people to, to your work, isn't it? Now, I would have thought being an only child and all that, oh, I hear you say, well, thanks. It would have been nice to have had a sibling or two. However, I'm not quite sure that would have stopped me knowing what fun is really all about. I have loads of friends with B-O-R-I-N-G parents and no siblings, but nevertheless, they tell me life is absolutely whack. Maybe it's me that's the unlucky one. Having said that, I do have buckets of fun with my pet fishes. But I've always wanted to ask mum and dad why it never happened. Why they never thought I'd love a sister or brother to call my own. To go with the goldfish. But I never got round to doing it. And it was not for want of not trying. So when your daughter, is it Tony, isn't it? Your daughter? Yeah. So when Tony submitted, shall we say, the drawings to you, was it just the one or two? Or did you do, no, or did you yeah. do like 50 or 60 different it's, ones? Uh, you 19. Chose? 19. There's 19 illustrations, yeah. It was funny because, you know, when I when I wrote the book, my initial thinking when I wrote the book is that I wanted the readers to create their own minds, you know. At one point, and people find it strange, when I was at uni, I, I rarely read books that I didn't have to read. I only read books that, that required me to read them because of, yeah. of my course. And so yeah. I, I rarely read other people's books because I just feel that sometimes when you read, it then becomes difficult to actually find your own voice ahead of others because they're always going to influence the way you write. But I have been starting to read children's authors for the basic fact that when I go into schools, I want to relate to the books that the, the kids have read. Yeah, because they're going which to is ask very you important. about certain, yeah. certain books, aren't they? So you, you need to, so I've done say competition, but you need to know that field, don't you? Yeah, yeah, so I've read a lot. The kids are going to ask you about them. Yeah, they have. Um, so I've read a lot of Dave Williams' um, books, The Demon Dentist, um, mm. Gangster Gram- Grandman, uh, Grandman, and a lot of those, and um, Mark Lowry, he's, he's got a couple. It's funny um, about David Williams, because mm. my second daughter... She's the one who said she doesn't like reading that much. It'll be read too. She mm. loves that. She doesn't like reading herself. However, she loves David Williams. She likes his books. What is it? Cause I, I... I, I think he's okay. The only thing I would say with him is that, I mean, I've read two of his books, Gangster Grandma and um, The Demon Dentist. I mean, his is, his books are quite, well, they can be dark. I mean, the two books I've read, one of the characters ended up dying. One of them died. I wouldn't say violent, but, you know, he, he went down an elevator and then he, you, you could hear him saying, don't remember, you know, believe, believe. And the next mm-hmm. thing is, he, and he got, he, there was dynamite and he blew up and that, that was mm-hmm. the end of him. And then the other lady in Gangster Grandma, she had, uh, she had cancer and she died. So, um, which is fine. I don't have anything about that. But I don't kind of go down that route, not with kids. I'm completely different. And I guess yeah. maybe it's because of my Christian background, I kind of want them to see the fun part. They can laugh, which is great, but there's a moral behind the book. So they don't just read and think, well, what was the point of reading that? They read it and as they're going through it, they start to understand certain things about how children are expected to behave in society and, and the fact that if you do things that you're not supposed to do, then there is a consequence to it and so on and so on. So that's, well, the, that's the route I know. I well, I, no, I really like that idea. When I was teaching, that was one of the things I used to say to my classes. So why do we have to read and all this sort of mm-hmm. thing? Why do we have to read this? 
And why is that regarded as literature, whereas what a read on the beach isn't? Mm. And I said, I don't mind whatever you read. You can mm. read whatever you like, mm. whatever you enjoy. But the only way I can distinguish it is literature is something that teaches you something yeah. as well as being enjoyable to read, whereas yeah. something you read on the beach is just enjoyable. Mm. I'm not being negative about that. That's what you need when you're on a beach. You yeah. don't want to be thinking about deep, meaningful mm -hmm. things, whereas literature actually explores ideas lets you think about them and prepares you yeah. for an event like that should it ever happen to yeah. you in the future mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right um you were, i actually used to i used to be a teacher i used to teach english i used to teach literature i used to teach primary secondary i did a bit of lecturing in uni as well and then i just thought i'll try something different dad when am i going to have a brother me at age five after a long silence Stop bothering me. Ask your mum. Mum, when am I going to have a sister? Me, now at age nine. An even longer period of silence. Dan, I'm busy. Ask your dad. Well, he said I should come and ask you. Mum, dad, H-E-L-L-O, someone, anyone. My request for a brother or sister or both. I'm now age ten and the silence, which is much longer than ever before, is killing me. So that was how my mum and dad answered my very simple question. And they say parents know best. By the way, I didn't die. It's interesting, Matt, because when I wrote the book, I didn't actually plan to write the book. I've always written kind of teenage stuff, 17, 18 year old teenagers. I, I, I wrote a book, it was 80,000 words long, so it's a full-blown novel called A Gamma, named after um, a lizard which you find in South America. It was what about somebody on a gamma. A gamma, yes. Oh. It's named after named after a lizard. But there was a concept behind that because this person was going around the world in search of someone. Um, but it's long so I didn't publish it. I just I just left it. And then my sister, who's in Germany, she came home one day and she said, "Oh, I've just seen this in the cutout in the newspaper, where you've got to write a children's novel." Which is the good thing. The, the not so good thing is you only have three months to write it because the time she gave it to me, there was only three months left. The um, the end date to the competition side. She goes, "Give it a go. See what you think. Maybe it's something you would like to do." And then I looked at it and I thought. I don't even know where to start with children's books because a you've, when you write for children you've got to be funny you've got to be catchy you've got to you know you've got to get their attention and so it's neither here nor there. I don't know how you can do it. It's just something I I couldn't even contemplate. I just wouldn't. I, <laughs> I wouldn't know, know where it, to begin. So. Wouldn't know where to begin. But yeah, so I did, and that's how I know, know I did it in ninety days. And so when I wrote it and I completed it, I left it. That was it. This was in two thousand and fourteen. I left it. Didn't do anything with it. I just left it and put it. I just left it in my manuscripts on my um, memory card. And then um, in two thousand and fifteen, my wife kept saying, "Well, what are you gonna do with it?" My sister kept bugging me. Do something with it. You know, there's no point, right? So I now sent it to four publishers, including Austin McCauley. I sent it to Amazon as well for a review, and they said they'll publish it. But they said they'll obviously they'll concentrate on. Is that your text? Yeah, no. my daughter's saying it. <laughs> they said they'll, um, that they'll just publish it in Kindle, because that's what they do. And then the other two publishers said, we'll publish it hardback, paperback, whichever way you, you want. And then I just chose Austin Macaulay, and then that was it. But then when I chose Austin Macaulay, my initial thought, as I said before, was that I would just write it and, and then leave it like that. I didn't think that I might put illustrations it finished, to it. it. Yeah, it was already completed. Right, and then you gave it to them. Yeah, and then they said, we'll find an illustrator who will work with you. And I then started to think of, 
it's some illustrations, but not too many because I just wanted the way I've written it. You may not, you, the kids don't necessarily need the illustrations because of the way I've described the things. They they'll just see the picture in their heads. Some of the characters don't even have a picture. I just want them to think of a character. They create their own picture in their heads. Uh, and then I just thought I just woke up one day and I said to my daughter, obviously you now I've written this book, you know, and I know she likes drawings. So I said, would you like to do the illustrations? She said, yeah. I said I wouldn't mind. So I said, right, read the book. So she read it and she, you know she was laughing in the room and all the rest of it. And I just said come up with some illustration, but you can't look on the internet, just make it your own creation. And so she did. And then, um, like for instance, this is a concept of, of fish, yeah? Because there's two fishes in the, in the right, book, yeah. Perky yeah. and Rambo. And so, as you can see, it doesn't look like a fish bowl, but it doesn't have to because it's a kid's book. Yeah, yeah. They can make it look like whatever they want to make it look yeah. like. So, and that's how, how she did it all the way through. Um, that's the doll right there. That's the superstar doll. And those are the um, the main characters, and then she just and then she did the she did that. Now obviously this doesn't look like a beehive, you know. Nobody cares. They look look at it. They just they like the book. But when people read it, they'll understand the reason why this looks like that one. Why it doesn't look anything like a beehive. They'll start to understand it. And, yeah. You know. So the illustration reinforces story. It's not the other way around. to realize somehow I am not the same but you are playing in the sun having fun I've been left out in the rain obviously the um publishers kind of glossed it over because she she did it in in her own color i mean yeah. they, they they follow the theme of the of the color anyway the other ones we decided we'll keep the, the sketches in in the book black as supposed to be colored they're not you know i don't it really keeps think the cost down anyway it keeps the cost down anyway and it could have would have taken it to about 9.99 i said i don't think i'll buy a book for 9.99 from somebody who i don't even know so it keeps the cost down, but at the same time, they don't really need colour anyway, because the, the yeah. emphasis should be on the book itself, not the illustrations. It's yeah. just a kind of, for kids who are younger, maybe like age seven, when they see the, the character, they'll think, oh yeah, so that matches the picture that well, I had. you could have done it as colour for the Kindle version. That wouldn't have made any difference to the price, would it? How much is no. the Kindle version? It was about two or three pounds, I think? Three fifty. And that, on the hard, the, the paperback goes for what, five? That's six ninety nine, and then the hardback is twelve ninety nine. I was surprised that people would buy the hardback because when the, I, I mean the publishers they they're the ones who set the price non-negotiable and I hadn't had I didn't have a hand in that they said they would just have to set it and I said I'll do it it's fine but I was surprised that a lot of people did buy the hardback because they wanted to make sure that it didn't kind of fall apart they wanted to yeah, keep it forever yeah. a day and so I just said well that's great this is what um, this is the you know the farm bookshop and then um, that's the book right there the equipment about beehives and all that so I was surprised to see that they're selling a book and they're happy with that so. Well, I was about to say, and that's kind of parallels with what I was mm. thinking. Doing country shows where the people who are there are clearly outdoorsy sort of people who like that sort of thing. Yes. So that would mean they're likely to pick up on a book about beehives, mm. I would have thought. I dedicated, I put a lot of appreciation to people, the town of Warrington, because they've been just amazing for me. When the book came out, I had loads of people who bought it, sent me in emails, sent pictures of it on Facebook and sent it to friends and family and all that. So the people have been great. Every school I've been to, they've been amazing. I've been to schools where I've come in and... Do you take copies into the schools when you go? Yeah, just to give an opportunity to yeah. buy them and to, and to get them right. signed. And right. so, Excellent. Um, 
and, and I did that. And been to schools and they've got a daily, like a, a notice board just for the book and with the illustration. So it's been great. They've just been quite very receptive to it. They understand where I'm coming from with it. They understand that it's not just about me writing, but also giving something back to the kids. So going into to schools, talking to them about the book as my story and telling everyone that they have their own story as well in their drama, in their reading, writing, their, their singing, their music, their football. There's a story behind it and I'll get them to kind of pull out that creativity in them and then we end up. So I talk to them about how to create the perfect story within half an hour. Years three, fours, fives and six. And then I leave it. Well, years three and fours, my concept, it's the same concept, but it changes for five and six because I come in, I, I dress up as a chef and then we kind of cook a story for year three and, and five and six. And then in high school, I just go in there and then we just talk about the concepts and then they go away, create their stories and come back, they share it with me based on what we talked about. And then years three, four, five and six, they create a story in five minutes, a challenge and they love it because they just go around trying to put the story together. So the schools you've been into are junior and primary schools. You don't go yeah. to secondary, do you? No, secondary, I've been, I go to both. Right, because you're saying the age group is about 13. Man, yeah, so it's year seven and eight yeah. in high school. Yeah. So it's year three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Culture High School. I've been to Kingswood Academy. I've been to Great Sankey Primary School, Sankey Valley St James, and Cinnamon Brown. And then in September, so far I'm going to um, Great Sankey High School. I'm going to St Albans. I'm going to um, Altrincham Prep Boys School in Altrincham. And in there, I went to um, my son. I've got my daughter Tony. She's thirteen. I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And my nine-year-old he goes to Cubs. So I went. I went to their Cubs. When I went in there, I said, how many people got the book? And hands were flying all over the place. We talked about the concept of it. It's, it's going to be a long, long, hot summer for you. I was actually here. Take a look and you will find Something snapped inside my mind Broken way beyond repair And I a place to hide cause I can't swim against this tide from the depths of my despair and they said oh we've heard about you we've seen in the newspapers can you come and give awards to the kids and possibly talk to the kids is that a local one because there's one in yeah there's one it was one in Warrington and then I got a request to come into the Kuman in Oldham right and so I went to the Kuman in Oldham and they it was just great. Um, spoke to the kids about that, and then the next day I got an email from one of the parents saying how inspired they were about what I said because I said to the parents that you know you've got to, in as much as the onus is on me as a writer to kind of teach the kids the morals, the parents have also got to do the same thing as well. But not, most importantly, the parents have got to believe in their kids because sometimes we we don't believe in them enough. We just think it's never going to happen. You know, I've been to schools where um, kids have been told by their parents that they're just a waste of space. You know. Mm. And I'm going in saying, well, you're not a waste of space. The only person who can decide if you're a waste of space is actually you. So if you've got a talent, then you need to let that talent shine. And while I was talking, one of the kids said, I want to be a gymnast. I said, then you will be a gymnast and I'll see you in the newspaper. You just keep on working, working hard. And then one of the challenges I had, which was strange, I went to one of the schools. I think it was um, great. Yeah, it was Great Sankey Primary School. And I think it was a year five. Well, as soon as I got into the class and I said, does anyone know who I am? And some of them said they did and, and then said, you're a writer. I said, yes, I am. And one of the girls said, I hate writing. That was the first thing she said. I hate writing. I think it's awful. And she sat, she was actually next to me. And so when we talked, and by the time we finished the session, I was about to go out the door. And she said, excuse me. I said, yes. And she gave me this paper and she put, um, you were really inspiring. I think you're really, really good. And I'll, I'll, I'll get your wow. book. And she just started saying, I'm going to try writing. And I couldn't believe it. And she, it was just, it was overwhelming. And I guess for me, that sums it up. You know, the, what I get and, and like I said, I could go to some schools and they don't buy the book, but you're just thinking, I've given you something. And I said to the head teachers, that's it now. I've done something here that, you know, money can't buy. Because I've, 
when I contacted schools, they're like, how much are you going to charge us? How much are you going to charge us? And I, when I've said to them, like, well, I'm not charging you. I'm just going to go in and do my bit and then I'll leave the rest to you two. How long do you go in for? Is it a full day or a couple of hours? Or? Sometimes I go in for a full day. Mm. Dependent. It depends on what on what their needs are and, and, and what I see on the day. I mean, some schools have been there all day. So if you do a full day, how do you structure your day? What do you do? If you go into a school for a day and you are talking to the kids about, ostensibly about mm. your book, but you're teaching them morals as well, when you go in, what do you do? If it's a full day? I, I, yeah, so I go in, I go in, let's, let's say to year three. Um, yeah. I tell them who I am. I tell them, I've, you know, everyone's got a story. I've got a story. And then we're going to create our own perfect story. So I talk them through the structure of the story. We talk about the beginning, the end, the middle. We compare the middle of a story to a sandwich and a pizza. And hopefully when I do that and they go away and they see a pizza and, and, and a sandwich, then they can they can kind of think, oh, it's like into a story. And we talk about the plot, the characters. We talk about the words, the importance of the words in a, in a story. And we talk about title as well. So all those things. And then how, when you put words together, a word in isolation means doesn't mean much, unless, of course, if it's a word that's like a command go or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when you put them together, you can then become creative. And so we then use, we kind of show how creative we can be as a group by creating our own story. And so once we've done that, that's with the threes, year threes, fours, and fives and six. And once we've done that, then um, yeah, they create their story five five minutes, and then that's their half hour done. So, but in the midst of that, you know, we talk about their favourite writer, what kind of books have they read, and so I get them to think about the books that they've read, think about how it ended, how it started, and then so when we're creating our story together, they've got some ideas. And so we talk about the characters, you know, what kind of characters have you read? Good, why are they good? What, why are they bad? How do you identify them? And you know, what makes the character? So we kind of do all that in half an hour, and you'd be surprised how it gets done. But the way I do it, I try to do it very creatively for the three and four because if not they switch off so i go in with slides really funny slides and i just put it in their faces like i start off by saying to them that every book starts with an idea and so what i have is i have a laminated picture of, of a light bulb but the light bulb's got sunglasses with hands and all that so i just stick it over their heads and they all start laughing <laughs> and they go what's that oh it's an idea and then so yes yeah, so the story's up tonight so i kind of do that and then and then i'm so you're the drawing on your theater background aren't you in a way yes as a way of just really getting them engaged yeah it's it's I guess the hardest part, Mark, I think for anyone, for any writer, if you were to ask, is it's the one-on-one -on -one with, with the public. I know people who wouldn't, who wouldn't dare dream of doing what I've, what I've done. I've been into culture of high school and I've gone and they said, right, we'll get the kids. And they t they've taken me to the sports hall and uh, I've stood there. And all of a sudden, before you know what's happening, the sports hall is completely full of year sevens and eights. And then they, and they go, right, here's a microphone over to you. And then, you know, you've got to, you've got to have a plan and a prep. You, you, you know, you cannot just stand there looking at black faces. Mm -hmm. So if you've written, going back to what I said before, you've got to believe in what you've written. You've written. If you believe in what you've written, there's no crowd you're not going to stand in front. You will be, you'll be as bold as daylight because you know you're confident that what you've written is good enough. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't going to get published. People are not going to pick it up and read it. Now, if you lack the confidence, then no one's going to buy the book. Well, you, if you cannot tell us how your book's gone, what's up? You cannot just write in your in your closet and just leave it like that. It's never going to sell. Mm -hmm. If you're bold enough to write what you've written, then you're bold enough to go out there to people and say, "This is it." I mean, I've been going round, wanting to everywhere I've gone. I go with my um, with those leaflets. I give them to everyone, and I talk to people about the book. And all of a sudden, they go, "I'm going to buy. It. I'm going to buy." It. I, when I take my kids to swim, they're there. I took them swimming. There were just ladies there. They were talking. There, were, there was an elderly couple there. I said, "Excuse me, can I just disturb you, young couple?" They started laughing. I told them about the book. They brought it. Wow. By the time I came back the next week, they'd all got the copies. They go, "Can you sign them? Can you sign them?" You know, um, word of mouth. You know, if you're not bold enough, you know, people are going to buy it. And as soon mm -hmm. as people buy it, and they see that they see in your eyes that you know you really, really that's your passion, they take that passion away, and then they they help to share that with other people. And before it's happening, it's just kind of like a domino kind of effect, mm -hmm. which is what I want. And I, 
You know, we talk about Whiting being the home for rugby, which is great. Take away the bars Will I ever be discharged? That's for doctors to decide But they've made it clear to me They all agree A represent a risk of It seems suicide. to be a very negative game to me, Rugby. Anyway, you get the ball and throw it behind you. <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> You yeah. said you'd written, or you are part way through writing another seven or another nine. Another seven. Another seven. Another seven. Is that not related to that? Are they? There's some spin-off characters that people recognise from that one. Or um, is there a, a direct follow-up on the lines for the Beehive? People are clamouring for it because um, I, I mean, for those that have read it, they've they've enjoyed it. You know, adult children, and hopefully the way I've written it, people pick it up and then they, the adventure takes them. It takes them on an adventure based on who they are if that makes sense. Did you leave room for a follow-up or does it close? There are always ways because you see, I in terms of the book itself, it closes there. However, it can open in a different angle. You know, so for instance, I'll give you an example. So the five characters and then there are some, the, the protagonists on, along the way, there are two of them along the way. I could potentially open up the story based on them looking at their own journey in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so it could open up from there. It could It could take you back to when they used to be maybe they weren't criminals before and so and then it takes you on a little kind of funny journey so again it's telling the kids that well mm. crime doesn't pay because obviously their story didn't end well did it and then so it kind of so it, it, i could open it up so because you've already started mm. and planned out seven other books which yeah. aren't entirely related to mm. it was that because you'd done that and you were exhausted with it or you just felt you wanted a different direction with completely different novels no i, I i've written the other one because i just felt that i'm now beginning to enjoy the concept of writing for children and the reason why it's a series is because does that mean you're always going to focus now on children's writing? No, I'm. I, I'll still. I'll still write for adults, but I'm going to write under a different, different name. name right. Yeah, probably my middle name. Um, you know, um, because I, I've written. I've I've already got one. I've written, and I, I just like to write. And I know that people will receive that. You know, but I think probably for now, maybe just concentrate on the children's one, and then uh, and then release. I, I I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but you know, mm. I think I'll just concentrate on, on this. I'm just. I'm getting so many ideas. I mean, I get too many ideas sometimes, you know, about what I want to write for the children, what I want for the adults. I've already started writing another one. For you know, it, the ideas just keep popping up, and once the ideas pop up, you see me writing scraps of paper and at home and saying, "Hold on a second, let me just quickly just drop yeah, point yeah, down, and then I can yeah. kind of expand on it later on." So um, not have a little recorder in your pocket, and it's easy to just. I want on my phone. Yeah, yeah um, on my phone. write it down and then and, and get somewhere but um but yeah it's been it, it, the journey's been great it, the challenge for me is is going into the schools that's a challenge because it's hard work mm. it really is hard work i mean i went and one of the schools contacted me um altering and prep contacted me they they saw the article in the warrington guardian and then they 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 sent me an email and said oh and we've seen you we would like you to, to come to the school and here's my number so i called the, the lady the head up we spoke about it and then she said, how much are you going to charge us? I said, well, I'm not charging you anything. And she, she was surprised. I said, I'm not going to charge you anything. But when I come in, I would just hope that there's an opportunity for the kids to actually yeah. have an opportunity to, to buy the book. She said, that's not a problem. You know, yeah. we will sort that out. Yeah. Um, we, we just want you to, to come in if that's okay. So I'm well, going you, you know, every school is struggling financially anyway. So if you can offer to go in for free, then they're going to love you for it. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll just take it from there. Yeah. But like I said, it's the, it's the aftermath. I've been to schools now where... When I've said how many of you have got the book before I've even come in, hands were flying all over the place. And so I'm, I'm happy with that, that 
people are, are beginning to to warm to to the beehive, mm. you know. And that's I guess that's probably the reason why I just called the beehive something nice and simple. Because some people when I, I meet them on the way, they go, "What's the title of your book? What's the beehive?" Just think of the bee, and I go, "Okay." And next thing is, oh, I got the book. I got the book. As opposed to maybe something really, really kind of a little bit complicated to actually remember. So we'll, you know, it's we're just hoping that it's success, you know. So I'm proud because it's it's a proud moment for me. Oh, it may never happen again in terms of me and my daughter being on the same book. I told when I told the publishers that she's going to do the illustration, they were very happy. They said, "Yeah, it's fine." And they said, um, "Would you like her name at the front?" I said, "Yes, please." And they said, "Yeah, we'll do it." And so they just put her name there. Superb. Um, I bet she's overjoyed with that. She is, but she doesn't even she doesn't see a big deal out of it. You know, in terms of the, the illustration, she just mm. loves to draw anyway. So it's her friends that, that go, wow, wow, Tony, you don't know how big a thing this is. Well, it's really big yeah, thing. Well. I just like to draw and I'm just happy that I've got the opportunity mm. to, you know, to draw. So, nice. um, but I guess I'll look back in years to come and just think I'm happy because at one point I was thinking, shall I, shall I not, shall I, shall I not? But, you know, I, I was just thinking more of my daughter in terms of her just being what she is and what she likes to do and stuff. And, and, and it's been okay, you know, because we've not really had, like, it's not as if we're having like national, nationwide publicity. It's just local publicity. And we're happy with that because we're just a local family, you know. Um, Can you track on Amazon where your sales are from? Is it is it local or the, is it throughout the UK? or is it? It's throughout the UK. Some, some I mean, I've done my research. Some are saying don't, I mean, the rankings, mean nothing some are saying that they do they mean everything but i don't know i mean i don't know what to believe with the rankings but if if rankings are anything to believe then i don't know i mean our lowest ranking or highest ranking has been about twelve thousand. you know i mean now it's jumped to about two hundred thousand. but i guess it would with the kids going off and all that so it kind of yeah. swings in yeah. roundabouts so yeah. and it's not the only place that people can buy it from i had problems with waterstones getting the book there well the publishers had problems getting it on their platform but i think everything's okay now People have gone to Waterstones, they've been able to order the book there. So, I mean, it's available in so many bookstores at the moment, you know. All I need to do, keep doing, is just letting people know about it. Because even in our church, it was announced. So, we, we still understand that a lot of people may not know about it. So, that's why I go around with it in my car, put the posters there, and people thinking, you know. So, we, we've still got work to, be, to do, you know. Well, we are trying, and we're doing everything we can. It's you know, never ending, it's, not it's never ending. It's impressed and jealous of people who've managed <laughs> Don't be jealous, it's hard work. Like I said to you before, I, personally, I just feel that I'm better off getting a publisher to back me up because I, if I was to self-publish, all the stuff that I've been doing anyway myself, I would have done them anyway. But I guess with the publishers, That's they the will take it. Yeah, and, they, yes. they, you know, I couldn't self-publish alone, I think, and take the book abroad. I, you know, I've just... I mean, I, I, before the book came out, I approached some libraries and then they gave me this impression that if I didn't have a publisher, they weren't going to do anything with the book. That's what came across when we had the conversation. They, I hadn't told them that yet when I was talking. They just assumed that I didn't have a publisher. And they said, oh, well, you know, we would really prefer you to have a publisher. So that, And I said, well, I do have a publisher. And then all of a sudden they came alive. I said, right, let's see what we can do for you. And I just thought, well... Yeah. I don't understand why this lady you say you work with the only no, her, these days is self-publish. Self well, some people self-publish. It's cheaper. It's not a problem with that. Um, 
But I personally, you, you can only go so far yeah. and then it starts to drop away. You know, like the publishers now, I, I could be doing what I'm doing at work and they're doing well, They're still things. working for you. They're working for me. Whilst you're working. Yeah, whilst so I'm working, they've got to... Whereas if it's all self-published, yeah, you know, then you've got to do it all I've got to do a lot, you know. I mean, I've done a lot at the moment, but I guess even if you have a publisher, you've got to... The publisher's got to see you doing stuff and then they're very impressed uh, a lot because when I told them the stuff that I'd done even before the book came out, they couldn't believe it. They said, I don't think we've had someone that's been so... But I bet that's a lot to do with your working background as a sales manager. You're going to be Mm. driven as a sales manager anyway, aren't you? Because of that line of work. Yeah. yeah. So you are just using that skill Mm. and transferring it to your passion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife thought I was a bit loopy initially because I did a lot. I spent, I must have spent about £1,500 getting things together. You know, I had to get print this out do that do this do the yeah. other and i said well it, it's an investment it, it's an investment and it's probably gonna you know it, it will probably hopefully work for the best when people see that mm-hmm. like when i can i can give leaflets out i mean the, the publishers give leaflets out but their leaflets aren't they're not personal it, it's kind of more of get the book get the book um through the publishers but sometimes when you're speaking to people and like this leaflet it's kind of more personal and it's, it's small mm-hmm. and it's got my details it's got you know so they can kind of say oh it's, it's, it's for me as opposed to you've got something which is an a6 yeah. A size um, leaflet, you know, so. Oh, I've got something for you as well. So. Oh, wow. Ah, oh, here we go. I hope you like blue. Oh, yes. One of my brand, yes. branded pa- um You can just about see it. I just oh, kind of branded it, yeah. Yes. You know, so. Um, oh, yes, always using pens. Always. Yeah, you know, so um, there you go. <laughs> Marvellous. But, um, it's been worth my while. I've got a pen out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> dedications and stuff I just put I put for the good people of Warrington Town a small town with a big heart thanks for your continued support your love throughout this journey your invaluable support continues to overwhelm me I hope I've done you all proud and may I continue to count on your unflinching support and I guess with that everywhere I go and people hear that they kind of just feel the buzz because they I'm not alone on this journey and that's the most important thing you know and if people understand that I need them to back me up as much as they need me to do what I need to do with the kids going to schools uh, uh, be honest with the kids about how creative they can be I guess it works in both ways you know why did you settle on Warrington because you're from Manchester aren't you yeah um, I used to live in London with my sister she moved to Berlin I don't know I have um, have siblings around my dad's mom there in Stockport I've got a brother who lives in Warrington my sister lives in Liverpool so kind of just that if you say you work from Manchester, you work in Manchester, it just seems a strange thing to come to Warrington. Yeah, I mean, I've lived in Warrington since 99. You know, I used to work in Warrington. I used to work, um, I used to be a manager at Vodafone and Birchwood right, right. Business Park. And then um, I left there and then uh, I just looked for a job in Manchester. I don't know why Manchester, I guess maybe I'm missing Manchester. At the moment, I don't miss Manchester enough to, to actually live there. You know, it's, it's, it's a different world now. But 
My wife, she's happy with Warrington, and she said, let's buy the house. We wanted to buy the house in Warrington. She said, it's nice and quiet. We love it. We live in Great Sankey. It's a nice place, very quiet. Oh. And so the kids love it there. All my kids were born there. So and it's a nice place. And the people are generally, you know, they're really, really nice in Warrington. You know, it's not, the funny thing is that it's not when you write a book that you realise how good people are. It's forever and a day. So for me, the atmosphere for writing a book was always there and made here in Warrington. You know, it was always going to be, it's there for you. Those people, you know, they'll, they'll say to you, yeah, you can do what you want to do. You know, there's the, the atmosphere's there, there's a peace and quiet. There's people who love you left, right and centre. If ever you were going to write a book in Warrington, you're always going to get people who are going to buy it because... All they need to hear is, do you want to buy it? I remember I was speaking to the neighbours. I went around all the neighbours telling me about the book. But there was a guy who lived, he lived just adjacent to where we live. He's a writer and I didn't know. So I saw him one day and I said, oh, by the way, I've written a book. And he goes, oh, have you? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I've written a book as well. I'm a writer. I'm going to get the book. And then he brought the book. But I didn't know that his daughter works for um, Warrington Guardian. Oh, See, wow. I didn't know that. And so he said, well, my daughter works in the Guardian. I'll tell her to contact you. The next day she contacted me and said, I'll, I want to send somebody over on Monday. And then Monday they, they came. The guy came, the photographer came. So he phoned me up. We had the interview and then the Chapter 1. Meet the family. My name is Daniel Chambers, but you can call me Danny, because that's what my friends call me. To my teachers and parents, well, I'm known as Daniel Jeremiah Chambers, especially when I'm in trouble. I'm 12 years old, almost anyway, and live with my mum, dad and two goldfish in a massive house. We have a big garden, the family's pride and joy, that's surrounded by a long and gigantic fence. It's great for barbecues, but we live in England, which makes any kind of good weather a luxury for us. This doesn't happen often, so when it does, we take full advantage of it. You should see us in action. Garden well-groomed, deck chairs out, neighbours round, paddling pool out. We even make room for a certain someone's ancient surfing board, surfing in the garden. Okay, so that's going a little over the top, and I understand that, but I mean, do you blame us? You get the picture, right? Talking about picture, I painted a really warm, typical summer's day in our house. But I guess you're wondering why I never mentioned that word we kids love to hear. Fun. Well, to be honest, there isn't much of that around here these days. Never was. Never has been. And there's a simple reason for it. P-A-R-E-N-T-S Now, I would have thought being an only child and all that... Oh, I hear you say. Well, thanks. It would have been nice to have had a sibling or two. However, I'm not quite sure that would have stopped me knowing what fun is really all about. I have loads of friends with B-O-R-I-N-G parents and no siblings, but nevertheless, they tell me life is absolutely whack. Maybe it's me that's the unlucky one. Having said that, I do have buckets of fun with my pet fishes. But I've always wanted to ask mum and dad why it never happened. Why they never thought I'd love a sister or brother to call my own. To go with the goldfish. But I never got round to doing it. And it was not for want of not trying. Dad, when am I going to have a brother? Me at age five. After a long silence. Stop bothering me. Ask your mum. Mum, when am I going to have a sister? Me 
now at age nine. An even longer period of silence. Dan, I'm busy. Ask your dad. Well, he said I should come and ask you. Mum? Dad? H-E-L-L-O? Someone? Anyone? My request for a brother or sister, or both. I'm now aged ten, and the silence, which is much longer than ever before, is killing me. So that was how my mum and dad answered my very simple question. And they say parents know best. By the way, I didn't die. 